Welcome, everyone, to episode part two of the 2021 Thummies. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. I'm Corey. So, yeah, as I said, this is part two of our 2021 Thummy episode. Uh, we had to break it into two parts due to a late start last time. And, uh, you know, these episodes usually run a little bit longer than than your our standard episode now, which is between an hour and, and 90 minutes. So um, I think we were right around the 90 minute mark for for part one of the thummies uh we left off at best rainy day game which will reminded us of right before we started which is good because i kind of forgot where we left off but uh so that puts us on to the next category which is most pleasant surprise this award goes to a game that most exceeded expectations came out of nowhere or was otherwise unexpectedly great Corey, we will start with you what are your nominees for most pleasant surprise um, I'm going to go again. I don't have a full list of nominees, but I'll throw um, I'll throw Tales of Arise in there for my my pick. Uh, we talked a little bit about it in the previous episode, but I think for me, um, what really stood out with Tales of Arise was just the storytelling and the character building. And I can't remember the last tale. I think Tales of Symphonia may have been the last Tales game and that's going way back isn't that that's like that was 20... gamecube yeah that's going or way back og xbox i don't know i think I, maybe, maybe xbox 360 but still a long time ago it's the only one i played um enough to beat i should say i know i played like tales of berseria uh a couple others in there for a little bit but yeah they, and that's what kept me going with tales of arise was just the storytelling and the in the character building um it tells <clears throat> a very unique story shouldn't say that it's a very traditional jrpg save the world type story um but the interaction between the characters and the way they build that world um through the characters i think is really unique and and that's that through line that kept me entertained um by the end of the game i i honestly was kind of sick of the gameplay i was over it um as we talked about with will the boss battles the bosses are like sponges you know they take a lot of hits and it can be frustrating and um, full disclosure, I'm at the last boss of the game and I deleted the game because it keeps overheating my Xbox. Really? And wow. I've wasted so much time because it, it happens almost at the end of this bas boss battle, or it's happened every time at the end of this boss battle where the my Xbox just decides to overheat. It's not the only game that's doing that with, so uh -oh. I might be an issue with my Xbox. I don't know. Um, but anyway, it frustrated me enough that I'm just like... I don't care enough to beat this game. I'm going to delete this. I've wasted so much time. Um, that's an aside. I know we're trying to give this game an award, and I'm complaining about it. But for me, um, yeah, it, it, Tales of Arise is my most pleasant surprise. And the surprising part of it is how well that the characters build that world. You know what you should do, Corey, and this is a little bit of an aside, is put your Xbox outside so you can just finish off the last boss battle. I was reading, um, I'm not the only one having this issue. Some people are putting fans in front of their Xbox to like help blow the air through it. Huh. But then somebody else commented and like, that's ridiculous. These things cost 500 bucks. Yeah, it they should work. It shouldn't overheat. I no, agree with that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, put a fan in front of it. I'll probably just end up sending it back to Microsoft for repairs. I guess that's what most people are doing. Huh? Okay. Is the new red ring. Yeah, pretty much sucks breaking consoles do you have no. any other nominees Corey? not at the moment but as you guys talk i might want to throw some more in there so okay uh for me 
it's going to be the only one I have on my list is Halo Infinite. I think we were all somewhat expecting Halo Infinite to be maybe not, if not bad, but kind of, you know, more of the same, I guess. And with all the delays that happened and, you know, the, the, the graphics being not up to par, at least initially, uh, I didn't didn't expect much out of Halo. I didn't expect it to, uh, first of all, for the multiplayer to be as good as it was, and second of all, for the campaign to be as awesome as it was. Um, so that, to me, was definitely a, a very pleasant surprise. It's nice to see Halo return to form a little bit after after being fairly mediocre since Halo 3, Halo Reach, uh, in my opinion. So, Halo Infinite. Yeah. Good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Will, what do you got? Um, so I have a list here. Uh, I also have Halo Infinite on there, uh, followed by Diablo 2 Resurrected, Hitman 3, Far Cry 6, and then Xbox's indie game Output is another one that I put on there. Um, the reasoning for that one is there's a lot of really awesome indie games on Game Pass that uh, I think a lot of people should play. There's like Death Death Store that's on there. Uh, Unsighted is another game that's on there that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm blanking on other names because I just woke up, but Moon, there are a Moon, lot. Of... Moon Glow Bay is one I've been wanting to try. Yep, Moon Glow Bay is on there. I mean, they just added Stardew Valley. Um, the Rift Breaker was one that I played. Yep, cross cross code used to be on there too. Um, but they constantly have indie games on there, which is awesome. Um, and that's actually one of my favorite things about Game Pass is that uh, a lot of the indie developers get a chance to get their game out there. I mean, this came out in 2022, but nobody saves the world, which is a game that Corey and I have both played so far this year. Um, it's by the Guacamelee developers. That game is awesome. Um, yeah, so I think Xbox, as much as I've given them a hard time last episode, they do a lot right, especially now, um, especially with the indie game output. I think what they do is very, very good for indies. It's like when Xbox and Microsoft in the 360 to the Xbox One days were the terrible with indie developers, and Sony was the good one. Now it's like the inverse of that. So, yeah. Um, you can tell that that curation is done by someone who knows games. Um, yeah. It's not just it's not somebody in a suit just buying up indie games that, you know, that are around because a lot of them are not very popular, not in the discussion, but um, awesome games. If you just give them a chance, you know, if the game sounds the least bit interesting, I, I encourage you to, to give it a chance. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, if you're paying $10, $15 for Game Pass, as you said, just give it a try. If you don't like it, you know, just delete it. You're just so, out a little bit of time. Yep, but uh, people should play a lot of these games. Uh, I was like very pleasantly surprised by a lot of them. Uh, I just run through the other ones real quick. Like Far Cry 6, people said this game was awful, and then I played it, and I was like, this game's actually awesome. I don't know what people are saying. Uh, I think people are just kind of tired of the Far Cry formula. Uh, but like the open world is awesome. The gunplay has never been better. There's a lot of customization options. They gave us the best protagonist uh, in the series. I think Anton Castillo is a good villain. Um, yeah, no, I was very surprised that people hated this game that much. Hitman 3. Um, I've never really played a Hitman, and I was blown away by 3. Really, really impressed. Diablo 2, because, you know, Blizzard's been in... That apparently the development of that game was very, very bad to the point where they had to outsource it to Vicarious Visions. So uh, for the, that coming out as good as it did is pretty impressive. And Dan talked about Halo Infinite. 
So, so what are we thinking here? Just for the sake of record, I will submit Rift Breakers as uh, since it came up pleasant as surprise. a pleasant surprise. I, I had no expectations for that game, and I was trying to. I remember the episode where I was talking about it, and uh, I couldn't really summarize it very well. But I was looking at that Game Pass spreadsheet that I talked about in the last episode, and it's described as a real-time strategy twin-stick shooter single player. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of genres. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything I have will that eventually cross over. Yeah. Corey, I have it downloaded. I just haven't gotten to it because I've played a lot less Xbox this year than usual. Yep. So, I mean, yep. that's another one that I, I can't even get to some of the indies. I've played a lot less Xbox than I would have liked to because it keeps overheating on me. I didn't know you were having that problem. I haven't really talked about it till now, but um, in... Uh, <clears throat> I know we don't want to spend a ton of time talking about technical support on the Xbox, but I think it might be useful to other people that might be having the issue. Um, I was reading on the forums some suggestions on how to fix it, and it, some of the one of the suggestions was to switch back to energy saver mode, that the instant on is what's keeping it warm, and then when you actually boot it up, it's already warm, and then you start playing the game. And it's So I tried that. Um, that didn't fix it. I tried a soft reset where you delete everything except your... Um, or it saves all the games, but it deletes all your account information and settings and stuff like that, and then you reinstall it. I tried that. That was another suggestion. That didn't work. Um, I've since switched from 1440 down to 1080. That's the next thing I'm trying uh, to see if that helps. But it's really, really annoying when you spend so much money on these things that are supposed to be high-powered and just work, and they don't. Yeah, you shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, And, it, and it's crazy to me. I haven't even heard about xbox having problems and then you have it and then you're finding a lot of people have been yep that sucks yeah where's yeah. the reporting on that i haven't i didn't know that was a thing either yeah i've seen it nowhere i, I mean yeah i'm only seeing it on forums with people with the exact same issue um and and with similar games tales of arise is one that has shown up um i forget which other game i was playing oh it takes two me and sophie are trying to again be a boss and it takes two and it keeps crashing at the exact same spot with you know the overheat error when i turn it back on uh hmm. it sucks yikes Okay. Does that does that mean we don't give it to Xbox's indie games <laughs> until they get their shit straightened out? Till they fix uh, the, the console. No, I'm good. I'm good with whatever you guys think. Well, it'd either be that one or Halo Infinite. Yeah. It's tough to give a surprise award to Halo Infinite, though. It is Halo after all. Right, but a... <laughs> at the same time. Uh, it is Halo. Uh, yeah, I know what you it, mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you remember Craig the Brute? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that game did have a really bad uh, um, optics for yeah, a while. Yeah, it had a lot going against it. it. Yeah, it had yeah. a lot going against it. it. It had the pandemic, which affected development. Uh, it it really uh, released early, which you know. Yeah, can can be bad. Um, I will I will say, Dan, I'm I'm playing through the campaign right now, and I'm about I'm decently far. I'm a little over half. I'm trying to finish it like today or tomorrow. But uh, it's really impressive 
it has a few things that I don't like, but that's like not really important to this argument. But while I was playing it, I was like, man, this is like the perfect area for a battle royale. Yeah. Too. Yeah, you can like, you like I wanted one before I even played the game because that's that's you know I play a ton of Fortnite, and as you play the open world Halo, you realize how well that would fit. Yeah, you know a battle royale, a traditional battle royale mode. Uh, yeah, you know the mobility's there, the vehicles are there, the weapons are there. You know, I I think it would be awesome. And there's a lot of potential in Infinite because they talked about how they're not going to do like regular sequels they're going to do like halo infinite is the platform going forward for what they do and i think there's a lot of a lot of potential there like they can do new main missions for the campaign for like dlc they can you know keep updating multiplayer like there there's a really high ceiling for halo infinite yeah um and when i heard it was going to be kind of a live service sort of feel i was like oh oh no um just because that's kind of a, a worry yeah oh yeah for a lot of games. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm good with either or. So I will say I used to cringe at the live service uh, aspect of games too, but I think they've gotten better about the, that sort of thing and not yeah. having it be quite so money grubbing and cringy. Yeah. As it used to be. Um, I think Bungie kind of helped. Yeah save that even though they've had their own problems but i think bungie's kind of helped show that you know you can do it right yeah i still would rather the traditional game like that's why i like nintendo so much you know you buy one of their games and it's ready first of all uh when you buy it and yeah you you spend your 60 dollars, you have the game you can play it as much as you want on you know on a physical off the physical media, whereas physical media and the other systems is just to install the game and then you don't technically need it anymore after that, you know? Yeah. But, all right, what are we uh, going with? I'm tossing my lot into the indie studios for the sole reason of support small business. <laughs> I love your logic, Will. Sure. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Corey? Yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't feel strongly about any of the selections here, so I'm going to defer to you two. If I need to cast a deciding vote, I will. Do you have a specific game in mind, Will? Hmm. I mean. All the ones that I named that kind of came out this year for it. I mean, Death Store, Unsighted. Uh, I got to remember Separate. Nobody Saves the World because it came out the very beginning of this year. Um, Moonglow Bay. I played a little bit of... If you want it to be a specific game, then we can do Halo. We don't have to go specific game. I'm okay with us not. Um... We, we, You know, we can... There are rules. We can change them as we see fit. Uh, the Ascent is another one that came out this year for them. Sable, uh, um, Chris Tales, Astria Ascending. The Wild at Heart. Yeah, The Wild at Heart. Wow, they had a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, those are all really solid indie games that all came out on 
Game Pass. So you want you want to give it blanket uh, blanket indie game? Sure, uh, I could support I could support that, and, and I think if we're pitting if we're pitting, yeah, the the Xbox Game Pass indie selection against Halo, I would say I'm, I was more surprised with the Xbox indie selection. Pleasantly surprised, I should say, gotcha. uh, because that's how I spent most of my year was trying Xbox Game Pass indie games because I was so pleasantly surprised every time I tried one. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, also, indie games as a whole, I mean, we had uh, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, Loop Hero, Eastward, Genesis Noir, Cyber Shadow, 12 Minutes. Like, there's a lot of other really good indie games as well that came what, out this year. Did Eastward go on Game Pass? No, I'm just talking about indie games as a whole. Like gotcha. it was a really, I think it was a good year for indies. That's a good point. It's almost like uh, the second wave of of indies, right? Because in the like 2010s, we had a lot of really good indies, and that influenced. I think that changed the development of modern, you know, AAA games in a good way. And yeah. then the indies kind of faded for a little while, but now I think we're at a, in a situation where a lot of people have a lot of resources and time with with covid stuff to work on those pet projects uh and make make more games better games with with more and better resources yeah so i still hold that stardew valley is one of the best games ever made i would agree with that for sure actually like like top five yeah Yeah. one of the greatest ever yep all right i'm just getting a writing utensil oh valheim also came out this year too yeah is that on game pass no, that's just another indie. Oh, another good indie. Okay. In, ge- in, in general. So I'm just seeing game names. and Most pleasant surprise we're going with. Uh, game Pass Indie Selection. Woo! Oh, by the way, Dan, while you're writing that, I uh-huh. just want to tell the two of you that uh, Dying Light 2 is technically an independent game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's made by Techland, published by Techland. No ties to anybody else. I like that. That's like, uh, what was it? I think Sanua Sacrifice, before Microsoft bought them, that was technically uh, independent. Indie? Yep. So everyone get ready. that The best indie game next year might be Dying Light 2. I'm looking forward to playing that. You guys are both going to love it. All right, next category. Steamy pile of disappointment and or tur. This award goes out to a game that failed to meet expectations or was just plain bad. I will go first. I did not play anything that would meet the criteria of a steamy pile of disappointment or steamy turd. Uh, I'm much more selective about buying games and playing games than I used to be due to mostly lack of time, but also, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend money on a game I don't think I'm going to like, so... Uh, I've gotten, you know, early in the podcast days, we kind of, I kind of just bought everything new that came out and tried to play it all. And I don't have the time for that anymore. So I'm very selective about what games I choose to spend my time on. Uh, And I I don't recall playing anything last year that I would qualify as a disappointment or a turd. So. Okay. Will. All right. So my first pick and. I don't. It, this isn't exactly fair to have this in here because it wasn't a bad game. It never clicked with me, and I think it got overrated. Uh, and that's Deathloop by Arcane Studios. Um, this was getting Game of the Year praise, and 
I went in being like, oh, wow, this game's sitting at a 88. People love it. Um, I played it, and I was like, didn't click with me. And every time I go back to it, I just can't play it. Like, I can't get into it. And I think the problem is, is it's not as open-ended as it gives off or that the like the uh trailers leading up to it gave off like i was under the impression that you could literally do this game however you want to kill the visionaries and like it's kind of way more linear and they lead you down a path way more than i thought you would and it kind of bummed me out because i was really excited to play this game because like sony kind of went go ahead you thought it was going to be more like dishonored 100 percent. yep and like it plays nice. It really does. The shooting's nice. The abilities are cool. I think Juliana coming into the map to kill you is pretty cool. Like, you can do a cat and mouse sort of game on that. Uh, that's for people who played or haven't played the game. Juliana is, like, the antagonist. That's one of the visionaries that, uh, like, hunts you when you're playing the game, which I think is really cool. And that can become, like, a playable person. Like, like somebody online can play as Juliana to try to kill you because you play as Colt trying to kill all the visionaries. So, like, I think there's a lot of really good ideas. I just feel like, I feel like I wanted it to be more open-ended, and it never clicked with me, and I'm having a hard time going back to it, but I only maybe put two to three hours into it, and I will get back to it at some point. Um, I think what ended up happening is I also started playing Mass Effect around the same time as Deathloop, so that kind of hurt my, and then Far Cry came out right after as well so that kind of just like threw off my timing um my main one though is the phrase it'll be good in a couple of months which has been happening a lot for games recently um depending on who you ask halo infinite is one um if you get on reddit it's definitely halo infinite is one of those uh grand theft auto the trilogy um people have said that about battlefield 2042 even though that's probably never really gonna get saved um maybe people did this with outriders people said this about some forza horizon stuff because apparently that's content light back from blood is another one people have like put this on to um like the common theme is a lot of these games are on game pass too which (laughs) makes me a little little bit little worried um but outriders yeah outriders I mean, New World is another one. That's an MMO, so it's a little bit more tricky. Call of Duty Vanguard, which I actually really liked, but that game was kind of rough. Yeah. Like, I have a glitch on Call of Duty Vanguard on Battle.net. So as soon as I open the app, it says I'm playing the game, so I can't update it or close it, and it's stuck on that, and I can't figure out how to kill the app no matter what I do. I can't end the task. It just says playing now, and I can't do anything with it. Nice. So the game's just like bricked on my computer. It's a good one. So, I mean, that's another example. So um, I really hate that thing. Um, like, I'm not an entitled gamer, obviously. I rag on that. But I do think if you're selling a product, it should be ready to go on launch. Especially Battlefield. I think that's a, a travesty that that game's in the state that it's in. Yeah. You kept hearing that about Cyberpunk and... Um... You know, the PC version was fine, but the console versions were not fine. They were the last-gen versions. Still to this day, the the uh, next-gen versions are, are not ready. I, I heard it might be soon, but, you know, we're over a year later. 
So yeah, yeah, that was going to be my pick, Dan. If uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk again for this award, <laughs> they dropped the ball. They really did. I'm still waiting for yeah next gen. It's apparently either this month or next month. It's on Game Pass now, isn't it? Isn't the game on Game Pass? I don't think so. Um, Maybe. Well, it's gonna be, and I, you know, I'm gonna be so annoyed because I bought it at launch and I'm just sitting on the copy. I... Yeah, I'm actually hoping it doesn't go to Game Pass for that exact reason because I'll be pr- pretty upset. I'm gonna be bitter about this for a long time. Yeah. Um. Apparently, it was like in a leaked Game Pass trailer video gameplay of cyberpunk was yeah. in there but then cd project red said no it's not on game pass keep buying it everybody <laughs> it's okay you can keep buying it talk about uh, a game we sold millions of copies too uh, so that's a huge gripe that i've been having recently uh and again i think game pass fuels that to some extent because really you can get it on there and workshop it from the from there but, yeah, those are the two that I was able to come up with. What do you got, Corey? I only really have one game that I was a little disappointed in, and it wasn't even that I was that disappointed in it. I guess it was more uh, regret for buying it. Um, Mario Golf Super Rush. Oh, that's I a good one. enjoyed the initial bit of gameplay, um, and I think it was Eric was saying how much he loved it, and I was like, all right, I, I can jump on this. Eric's really loving it. Um I liked, you know, the first round of golf I played on it. I'm like, I could see myself putting a lot of time into this. But then the more I played it, the more silly I realized the game kind of is. And it's not, I don't, I still don't understand why the hell you're running after the ball. Yeah. Why I do you either. need to run after the ball? And I don't understand that, like what you're supposed to do when that happens and why you're doing it. And it just seems like a ham fisted way to make the game a little more exciting because the developers realized, Hey, it's not that fun to play this golf um, by itself over and over again. So let's throw in this weird little chase after the ball thing to give you an arbitrary challenge. And I I don't know, it just seemed really silly to the point where I'm like, I don't really enjoy this game. Um, And I haven't played it probably since the day after I paid for it, which is disappointing. It's the stupid Americans need another carrot to keep them going. Maybe. I mean, it's 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 Mario, so it's Japanese, but who knows? I don't know. I don't know what the design influence was there, but um, not for me. And yeah, I guess. And again, I don't I didn't hate it. It's just like I didn't. Once I peeled back the curtain a little bit more after I paid for it, I realized I didn't like it enough to keep paying for it, playing it, and I regretted paying for it. Did you get a physical copy? Uh, No. One of the rare times I bought (laughs) digital. I also bought digital Pokemon. I did too. Just because I was lazy and I wanted to play it. I didn't want to have to go to the store. At least you both like that, you know? Oh, I love it. Well, we'll talk about that another time. That's our next episode. Spoiler alert for for people. So All yeah, right. Mario Golf Super Rush is my disappointment. Now, I won't call it a turd. That's not fair to it, but it is a disappointment to me. Gotcha. Okay. So what are we thinking? So if I... I would have Super Mario Golf in my list as well. Just I completely forgot about it. Um, and then, as Corey said, disappointment. Um, just because that game felt, again, content light. It was a super silly premise, and I hated the abilities that they put in there to kind of ruin the golf a little bit. Uh, so that's actually not a bad one. Um, 
I don't know. I'm okay with with Mario Golf. Uh, I I liked it more than more than you did, Corey, and played. I don't know, maybe twenty, twenty five, thirty hours or so. But that I then I put it down and haven't touched it since. Yeah, they so. ought to take some uh, some elements from Kirby's Dream Course and put them into the modern Mario Golf games. I mean, Kirby's Dream some, Course still good, holds up too. Yeah, that was some good golfing. Yeah. So are you going Mario Golf? I'm fine with that. Sure. All right. Will? <laughs> Will, your arguments were way better than mine. I feel bad, but... I don't feel right giving it to Deathloop. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking, too, because looking back, we'll we'll look at our awards and be like, Deathloop? Like, disappointment turd? People love that game. Yeah. But, you know, if you can remember why you felt it was valid being on that list, I'm okay with it. So I, I, I follow a couple uh, reviewers pretty closely uh, just because usually like I either really value their opinion or like I'm in lockstep a lot of the time with what they put out. Uh, so I actually didn't even watch any of the three of them before playing Deathloop because I saw the reviews. I'm like, oh, it's a slam dunk. It's going to be good. Uh, but I just felt like there, I the game wasn't like a 9-10 worthy. Mm, um, and then sure enough, when I watched them, same thing, but the game's not bad. Um, so like, I wouldn't want to, I like arcane as a studio a lot too. Uh, so I wouldn't want to give it to them. I think Mario golf is funny. So like when we look back, we'll see that and just laugh that we gave it that. Yeah. Agreed. It's like when we gave it to Spider-Man or popular game or least likely to play. It was something like, we gave Spider-Man a ridiculously negative award on here for some reason. And <laughs> that, it's like, that was... now that it, that was probably my so, fault. Yeah, because of the superhero fatigue. Yeah, I don't blame you. No matter how good it is, I'm not going to play it. I'm just not. I mean, when we get to the next category, I have a superhero game right in there. But I've played Spider-Man since. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Why did we agree to give it an sure. award? So. Okay. Mario Golf. Let's do it. All right. So the winner of the 2021 Thummy for Steamy Pile of Disappointment and or Turd is Mario Golf. Mario Golf Superstars? Sure. Super Rush. Super Rush. Super Rush. That's right. Yes. All right. Next category. Popular game we're least likely to play. Uh, This award is obviously self-explanatory. I have one for this. It's Battlefield 2042. I don't know if popular is necessarily the right uh, the right term to use for it, but um, you know, it's mainstream. It's yeah, mainstream AAA game. uh, With how bad it poorly it was received, it's about a zero chance I'm going to play that one. So that's that's what I put on there. Well, that's a good pick. What do you got? I've got Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a good one. People have like praised this game this year, and I just have no interest in playing it. I just don't care about superheroes for the most part. Yep. So that one, uh, I have Deathloop on here, but I could see myself going back and playing it again. Uh, FIFA 22. I'm kind of really just drying out in sports games. I barely played NHL this year. Um, and then GTA, the trilogy. I've never been a Grand Theft Auto fan, and then they kind of butchered the remasters so it's like eh. the only reason i might play it is because san andreas i think is on game pass and i have it downloaded so like i'm halfway there i just have to click start mm-hmm. um but i mean i haven't yet so I probably won't ever do it so 
I would say my main one would be Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a good one. I would probably also put that on my list. Again, with it being a superhero game, um, yeah, zero zero interest in that. What do you got, Corey? Yes. I didn't have a good one prepared. I agree with both of your picks. Um, I mean, I would say something like Deathloop because it's on PlayStation, but I will probably end up playing that at some point. Um, it, my disappointment in not owning a PlayStation is showing, but yeah, I'm good with um, I'm good with Battlefield and uh, what was yours again, Will? Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I'm good with either one of those. Um, I I, no, I think Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy is a better pick than Battlefield yeah. because Battlefield was garbage, and Guardians of the Galaxy supposedly wasn't. So yeah, that's like the trendy game of the year pick from a lot of people. Yeah, so that, I think that's a great a great one. So yeah, I'll all, never touch all, that. All in favor? Aye, aye. All right, Guardians of the Galaxy is the winner for the twenty 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 one Thummy for popular game or least likely to play. It's funny because Dakota, my friend Dakota, has been playing it and he loves it. <laughs> I, you know what? And it's if if it was not superheroes, I probably would play it. Yeah, if it was something cool that I liked. Uh, it's a little part of me is sad that Insomniac is like making Spider-Man 2 and now that Wolverine game because it's like, ah, I could be making so many games. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, next on the list is We Demand More Award for Best New IP. This award goes out to a new intellectual property that we would like to see more of. Corey, we'll start with you. I'm going to go with Wildermyth, a game I haven't talked about yet. And I, was, I wasn't I was sure if it was eligible <clears throat> um, because I wasn't clear on the release date, but it sounds like it was in early access on Steam until this year, which counts, right? Which yeah. means it's eligible for 2021 awards. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you guys I've familiar heard... with Wildermyth at all? I just yeah. what you talked about it. I've seen it on Steam. So, yeah, it's one of those games that a lot of people who love, um, like, role-playing games, traditional JRPGs, tactical RPGs, uh, have talked about, and I've been re- I was reading about a lot, um, and it was on my Steam wishlist for a long time, um, but then when it released this year, and people were continuing to talk about it and saying how great it was, I figured I would give it a try. Um, I didn't love it, I'll be honest, and... I maybe could have considered it for disappointment because it was so hyped. Like some people saying it's one of the greatest narrative games ever. Um, So it didn't resonate in that way with me, but I do think the premise and the style of uh, gameplay is really fascinating. And again, it's one of those games that blends so many genres that it's kind of hard to talk about and pinpoint one. And this uh, game of the year award show isn't really the forum to really discuss it at length, but um, one thing it does really well, and I hope a lot of games start to adopt this, is the way it shows... So there's no um, voiceover. It's all just text-based, like an old JRPG. But um, each of the, like, scene cards, I guess you could call them, where... um, I'm trying to think of what the art style would be. But each scene pops up on the screen but it's specific to your team of characters, which is entirely customized. So the quote-unquote cinematics, even though they're not really cinematics, they're just like little artistic uh, splash screens, I guess you could call them, um, have all of the elements of your characters. So your characters you build from the start, 
randomized or customized however you want. And then as you play the game, they're developing like curses and stuff that change their appearance. Their equipment changes their appearance. Um, so in each of the cinematic scenes, those little elements of your characters are showing on your characters, which is a really kind of unique way to to tell that story. I don't know of any other game that does that where every like fable, I guess, would be an example where your you know your character's look and appearance carries through to every scene in the game. Um but I just thought that was really interesting because it helps immerse you in your character's stories and makes you feel closer to them. Um and just for a little more background on that game, because I know I'm not really doing it justice talking about what it's all about, but it has that element of like generational gameplay where Massive Chalice, I think, is another example um, where your characters are often dying and needing to be replaced with new characters um, who develop new stories uh, that are very, very custom with a backstory and like D&D almost, you know, where you're developing your character's backstory in the beginning. You're doing a lot of that throughout the game and it influences the type of character your character becomes. Um, Really interesting, but not a great game overall, but I would love to see what more resources could do for that type of game. That's a good pick. That sounds really interesting, Corey. Great. So I'm just uh, better (laughs) to summarize. This is from Wikipedia and I just had it in front of me, but praise was mainly directed to the game's use of procedural generation for character development and storytelling. That's basically a, a much more succinct way to explain what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Sounds good. Yeah, this, this game's got like 95 on Steam and like getting overwhelmingly positive reviews. Yeah, it's it's awesome, but um, a little rough around the edges for me. I can okay. see, you know, people who are a little more patient than me really enjoying it, but yeah. Yeah, interesting. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I think both of you guys would love it. You should you should really try it if you get a chance. I'll add it to my uh, wish list. Well, I think I, I think I, I must have bought it on Steam, so you it's available for download. Yep. All right, Will, do what do you got? Now. Um, so I actually had nothing in here at all. Um, but the more I think about it, is I would probably put Deathloop, Deathloop. in there, um, just because I think a sequel could be really good. Um, for all the reasons I talked about, like when I gave it my steamy pile of turd um if they improve upon all that stuff then yeah i think the game could be pretty awesome yeah it it, it kind of works as a proof of concept and then you iron out all the bugs in the second game right yep exactly the negatives i should say it'll be an xbox exclusive so yeah i also i also don't have anything on here um going through my list i didn't play anything that I felt like would qualify for a best new IP. I don't I might not have even played any new IPs this year. So there wasn't many abstaining again. Unfortunately, I hate to abstain, but I have to abstain. Well, it's like what? Do you want to see a sequel to It Takes 2? You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I didn't even play that. People so. might. I wish I could beat it, but my Xbox keeps crashing. <laughs> That's so unfortunate. Should have got a PlayStation. Yeah, right. Just don't play Returnal on it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll fight Microsoft for a refund by a PlayStation. Can Show you get them. one? A refund? No, a PlayStation. Can I get one? Yeah. 
I would get one uh, if Microsoft gave me my money back for my Xbox. No, I, I mean, but, are they available? Can you buy them? Oh, um, my friend, you guys know my friend Shane. He yeah. uh, he does that. He gets that stuff. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> he does. He he. I don't know. He he, he does ha- it for friends. He has his ways. For um, he doesn't upcharge or anything. He's to- he told me he felt really guilty because he knows how critical I am of like scalpers. Uh-huh. Um, so he was asking me if I wanted one, and he's like, "I'll sell it to you at normal price." And he's like, "I've I've sold ten of them at normal like normal price. I haven't made a profit on ten of them." Because um, he was telling me how he wants to sell one at a profit, but he felt guilty because he knows how I feel about that. And he's like, "But I've already sold ten at at cost, so I'm, I haven't made a profit yet." And I'm like, "Shane." Like you do you. Yeah. It's cool. Just know that you're an asshole. <laughs> Just get more chips. Come on. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. It's 2022. We don't have the chips yet. Like, no, we don't. It's crazy to think about. We got to go to space. We got to mine the asteroids. We're going to have to. I need my PlayStation. Let's go. <laughs> This generation is going to be marred by not being able to get a console. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I feel strongly about Wildermyth here. Yeah, I'm good with that. Wildermyth? As long as you guys are good with it. Yeah, Corey, nice Corey on the list. when you when you mentioned that the... Uh, your your Things that happen to your character in the game and their equipment and stuff, when that kind of presents itself. I love that. That tickles me. Um, so that's something I would absolutely love to see uh, in a game. Yep. So, all right. Best new IP. The 2021 Thummy goes to Wildermyth. Very nice. All right. Next category. Um, I think this is this is a good one. Most valuable console. For console Oof. war purposes, this award goes out to the best console. Does there even need to be a discussion here? I don't know. It depends on what you're thinking. PlayStation, right? Okay. Yeah, that's what I put. I mean, I was I mean, going to say Switch, but... Okay. I'll, I'll hear that argument, Dan. I, I'm not going to make a huge argument. That's just... For me, that's the, that's the system I have in play. And the Switch... Because most of the games that are on PlayStation and Xbox are also on PC, I haven't really felt a strong need to get a new console. I know I will at some point. My kids are all getting really into video games, and, and we're going to have to do something about that at some point. Um, but for right now, the, the Switch-PC um, combo has, has worked very well for me. And... That's really all I have to say about it. you know I, any any first party Mario for or first party game most first party games I should say uh, are are bangers from from Nintendo so um, yeah that's all I really there have a, to say about that. Is there a market for kid streamers? Yeah, there you go, Dan. Set them all up with their own stream. Let them play multiplayer games against each other. Million dollar idea. Profit yeah. off your children. Yeah, I mean, I I had pl- I do plan on doing that at uh, at some point. So something similar, uh, not yeah, you know, YouTube videos or whatever. Uh, with with all four of the kids that play games now, mostly Minecraft. I love how you just casually drop. Yeah, I do plan on profiting. <laughs> that was really funny. Well, they they 
Max, my oldest, Max especially, has been uh, petitioning for that sort of thing. Cool. So you should let him run a YouTube channel and just see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I want to really. It's just, it's just a time thing. I, like, I don't have time to do video editing and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's just it takes too long. I have zero free time, so yeah. yeah. But that's my that's my thoughts, Corey. PlayStation. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, we talk how we talk about how great Game Pass is, but you don't need an Xbox to enjoy Game Pass now. So, what's the point in having an Xbox? Yeah, I will say yeah. that X, you know, Xbox's first party titles are PC day one. Whereas PlayStation waits a little while till their exclusives go on PC year or two years, you know. Um, so that to me is a boon for PlayStation, at least as far as the console wars go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, PlayStation has Returnal acclaimed game uh ratchet and clank rift apart that's an acclaimed game the demon souls remake that's an acclaimed game De- i mean i've been dragging death loop this episode but that's another acclaimed game uh ghost of shushi like they have so much stuff and like if you're looking at what's coming this year horizon forbidden dollar west looks unreal like that game looks so good like ghostwire tokyo looks so good like god of war ragnarok gran turismo they've got so much coming and i <laughs> I just think that Sony is so locked in with their first party right now, and they just put out hit after hit, whereas Microsoft has only been able to muster Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite, one of which the online community really hates right now, which is Halo. And Forza Horizon is a racing game, so like I, you only get so much mileage from that, in my opinion. Um they have Game Pass, yeah, but I don't know. I just think Sony... What it comes down to at the end of the day is games, and Sony does that better than anybody. And they're starting to make some savvy moves, too. Like, they partnered with Discord. That's starting to roll out now, too. I mean, this doesn't count for last year, but they bought Bungie and are keeping everything multi-platform, which I think if the industry is going to be consolidating in that way, I think the only way that I can be okay with it is if they allow studios to keep making games for everything um that's a whole other conversation to get into i don't want to champion sony for spending money on a studio that they didn't need to but uh i don't know i just think that the playstation at the end of the day is i mean you can't get the console because people want it so bad i think that's a testament for um and they're outselling xbox like two to one i think it was the last numbers that i saw that people figured so, I mean, I just think that that's a testament to how much people want a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a good job, by the way, of starting to diversify a little bit. Because, you know, there's, Sony's known for their third-person open-world RPG or action game, like Uncharted. But, like, things like Returnal is, like, kind of changing up the formula. Like, that's a, um, a roguelite game. So, like, you know, changing it up a little bit. Deathloop's a shooter. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo, although we're not going to see sequels to that on PlayStation, but that's like a horror game that looks pretty cool. 
So I don't yeah. know. Uh, I, I think they're doing a good job starting to diversify a little bit. And I'm really, really excited to see what the future holds. Because after God of War, like we don't really know what they've got in store. Um, there's that Spartacus rumor going on too, which could be huge for them. So. If they could only rework their controller a little bit. Oh, I love their controller. I, I hate the close together thumbsticks. Hate yeah. it. And so it took me a while to get used to it too, but what I ended up doing was buying a PlayStation 4 controller for my computer. Uh-huh. Um, and that's been the only way that I've been able to like get used to it. So yeah. I've had it from them both ends. Gotcha. But it is tricky going to play Halo right now, trying to relearn that. Yeah. What I used to play, sort of. I I think they make like third party PlayStation controllers that have the offset thumbsticks. That's probably what I would end up doing. Yeah. But all right. What are we picking here? Is PlayStation a slam dunk here? Yeah, for me. Yeah, I mean, I would say so, but I think Switch is. Oh, I wouldn't be mad if Switch won either. I, I don't think last year would have been the year to pick Switch because they the, they didn't have a ton of like banger first party titles like they usually do. Yeah. So. Uh, this year yeah. might be different because you know obviously Pokemon the new Pokemon game came out. Breath of the Wild is supposed to come out. It, it might be different this triangle year. Project strategy. Triangle Strategy, yeah, which is exclusive oh, yeah. for a while. So yeah, uh, the Console Wars award for the 2021 Thummies goes to the PlayStation Five. Uh, Console Wars PS Five. All right. Next category is the Eargasm Award. This award goes to a game whose music and or audio effects blew our minds. Corey, we'll start with you. Yeah, I hinted at this earlier on, but really the only one that stands out for me is Halo Infinite, especially sound effects um, and sounds so important in that game. And maybe that's why I'm I'm, uh, giving it a favorable view here but um because when you're playing especially when you're playing multiplayer hearing the enemy is just as important if not more important than seeing them because because you can often hear them before you see them yeah i learned that um, playing fortnite how important that is i never because yeah. i i used to play multiplayer shooters especially on a tv which tvs never have good sound so yep. I was always at a huge disadvantage, and I never even realized it. Although headsets weren't as much of a thing back then as they are now, but like, I, I, there's no way I could be effective playing on a TV now. You know? I was. It's funny you say that, Dan. I was thinking about that the other day about how we used to have our old like Halo parties. Yeah. And if we tried to do that today, how much of a diva I would be. Like I'd be like, no, I need to play on my monitor <laughs> yeah, exactly. with my headphones with my <laughs> controller. I'm not using your junk, you know, like yeah. I would be so well, even yeah, dramatic e- about that. Yeah, me too. Like even I have to play at high refresh rates, especially something multiplayer. Yep. I, I have trouble playing that that stuff at 60 frames, even like I, I need probably over 100. Yeah, it makes a difference. Yep. So, yeah, for me, um, that's really the only one I might think of something else while you guys talk. But um, I was trying to think of what games had really good. Oh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, um, Those... especially with a lot of the improvements. Yeah. I think Will uh, was the one that pointed out to me, because I remember talking to you guys when I was playing through the first one, uh, first Mass Effect in the Legendary Edition, saying like how great 
the music was and how I didn't remember it being that powerful. And I think it was you that said, Will, that they added more like swells, um, orchestral yeah. swells throughout the, the game. Yeah, they really shows and they're awesome when it happens. Yeah, they remastered all of the audio. So like you actually hear it, like you take note of it, which is really cool. Yeah. So for me, those two um, for two different reasons. But I think, yeah, two two games that gave me eargasms. Uh, I also have Halo Infinite. I would have Mass Effect if I had played it last year, um, but I don't. Uh, and 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 Halo Infinite, Corey, a lot for a lot of the reasons that you you mentioned. Uh, also, you know the the Halo theme. You know when you boot that up, just just you feel it. You know you feel it in your gut. Yeah. So does it cut for you guys? Does that song cut for you guys as soon as the menu loads? No, one thing so. I noticed that it does for me that it makes no sense because you're right that that swell that sound you know when it comes up is really welcoming and nostalgic and then but for me it just cuts as soon as the menu like fully loads. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I never noticed it. So all right, it watch could, it for it next time or listen for it. I should say after we finish podcast, I'm gonna play more campaign and I'll let you know. When are they doing the speaking of campaign? When's the multiplayer campaign? Have they added that yet? No, I don't think so. Some point this year, maybe. That I, that and Forge got delayed, I think. I uh, gotcha. Okay, well, what do you got? I got a couple things here. I got Death's Door on there. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Chivalry 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Persona 5 Strikers, and Returnal. Um, Death Door, because the music is pretty incredible for that game. I really highly recommend the two of you play it. I think it's a short game, too. It's only like eight hours if you want to go through it quickly. But uh, very fantastic game. One of the best indies this year. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition we talked about. Chivalry 2 is awesome because for people who haven't played this, this is like an old-time like um, knights and stuff doing fighting on the battlefield and trying to do objectives. Like Think Battlefield, where you're trying to progress objectives, but in a ancient England, like, sword fighting battles. And it's just crazy. To, like, you'll be hearing the clank of swords and people, like, getting their limbs chopped off and you're just seeing, like, the blood and hearing things. It's it's <laughs> it's one of the most visceral experiences I've had this year, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, having good headphones on and me and my friends are laughing. Um, Persona 5 Strikers, because Persona, this as this, like a series as a whole, like has one of the most, in my opinion, iconic soundtracks, um, like stylized music, at least. It's got that like weird jazzy, like funk music kind of going on, and it's amazing. Uh, every Persona has a great soundtrack, and Strikers is no different. Um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Returnal I have high up there because not only do the games sound really good with all the audio cues they got going on, but the DualSense controller adds a way more experience. And I know that's not fully an eargasm, but like while you're playing Returnal and it's raining in the game, you feel the rain on the controller. Like it's one of the most craziest experiences I've ever had. Like, you just feel like, like the rain's hitting you, but you feel it through the controller. And that, like, as a whole, like, brings you way more into the experience. It's really hard to explain, and it sucks neither of you have a PlayStation, because if you played it, you would know what I mean. Yeah, like so if you're playing, what, what, play you're, what you're saying is we need a new category for the Thummies. The actual yeah. orgasm award. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, honestly. Well, it's it's because... more it's more that the 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 game has a because I know what you're talking about the with the HD rumble on some of the Nintendo Switch games. Yeah. Um, and and you know the 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 motion control aiming if if done well adds a new element to a game that I think takes it to another level. Yeah. Well, so like people who have played a Plague Tales Innocence because that was uh, a game on. Uh, free game on PlayStation this year, so a lot of people played it. And then the PS5 update, like they said, you could feel the rats. Like if you're in a section where there's a lot of rats, you felt the rats like crawling on you uh-huh. through the controller. And that, like, I know it's not an orgasm, but it adds just so much more to the experience that, like, is tangentially aligned with hearing things. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Um, I know exactly what you're I'm, talking about. And I'm good with not giving Returnal and Ratchet and Clank that because they both do this. And, like, how they use the adaptive triggers is crazy, too. Uh, so, like, I'm good with not giving it to those because, I mean, it's technically not just hearing. But I had to talk about that because it's it's a wild experience. I, I do sort of understand why controllers are more expensive, especially if it's doing stuff like that. So. Uh-huh. All right. So what are we thinking here? We'll make some compelling arguments. If I have to pick one, I'm putting Chillery 2 forward. I think you both (laughs) would love this game. (laughs) I believe I played the first one a little bit. Yeah. Or something uh, something similar. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, because when the first Chivalry came out, wasn't there another game that was like similar to it? Yeah. Mordhau? What is it, Will? Mordhau or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'm confusing those two. It's funny, like, my friend Evan was saying how much I would love it, love it. I never bought it, and then he's just like, I'm buying it for all of you, so you all play it. <laughs> and turns out, it's like, it's really awesome. Yeah, I'm good with that. As yeah. much as I like Well, it's it's, not, it's nice to go off the board, too, a little bit. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Acknowledge um, something that hasn't been acknowledged. Yeah. And I had seen TikToks will of that. Yeah. That game, not not necessarily of the the sound effects for it, but of of people playing that and and having a hoot and a holler. Yeah, and you can play it in first or third person and like if you want to be like MLG good, you play third person, but me and Dakota play first person. So like you'll be sword fighting dueling somebody on the 40 versus 40 combat and out of nowhere somebody will just come behind you and chop your head off entirely and you just drop dead and you're like what happened like i was playing last night and somebody launched a catapult boulder while we're pushing the objective and it landed in a group of people and everyone's limbs and body parts were flying everywhere and like i watched it i watched it happen from afar with evan and we started dying laughing because it was just so hilarious so. That sounds awesome. So yeah, the twenty twenty one thummy for Eargasm Award goes to Chivalry Two. Next on the list, this is probably most most important category for me. Game we wish we played. This award goes to a game we didn't get a chance to play this year. I've got a lot. Uh, <laughs> starting with It Takes Two, Death Loop, Bio Mutant, Far Cry Six, and Hades. Right, Hades came out last year. Um, 2020, but it got console releases this year. Okay, so, yeah. so it counts. 
You count, yeah. Okay. So those are my games. I don't need to go into detail about any of those, but yeah. Uh, a lot of games I wish I had played. So, Corey. Yeah. Yeah, I just have one, uh, Age of Empires 4. And I'm really disappointed I haven't played it. I don't have a PC that I can play it on. I've been waiting for it to come to xCloud. Um, it's not. I don't know why. I, I think part of the reason why is they don't want people to play multiplayer through xCloud because it probably doesn't work very well. Mm. Um, or at least, you know, would impact the overall experience to the point where they don't think it's worth it. But maybe that's something they're working on. I don't know. Um, I think it was originally listed as an xCloud game. It just hasn't gotten there yet. So that's how I'm going to play it. But uh, I played all the Age of Empires 1, 2, um, 3, and I really want to play 4. What was the other Age of Empires? Rise of Rome. Wasn't that another Age of Empires game? Like I've Age, played Age of Mythology is another. Yeah, Age of Mythology. You know, I, I've, I've played the series. I love the series. Um, we've talked at length on this podcast over the last 11 years how great the Age of Empires series is, and yeah, I was really excited for it. I just haven't been able to play it, so it's a hands down, no questions asked, Age of Empires 4 for me. Alright, Will, what I do wish... you got? Uh, I got a, I got a bunch too. Uh, I like Cyber Shadow, Riders Republic, Shin Megami Tensei 5, Psychonauts, Metroid Dread, Tales of Arise, Eastward, It Takes Two, uh, and that's all just off the top of my head for games that came out this year that I haven't played that I wanted to. So, um, a lot of stuff. I'm going to I'm gonna petition hard for It Takes Two here. I agree. Um, because it won Game of the Year at the, the Game Awards, Corey speaks very highly of it. Uh, it's a game that I think my wife and I would enjoy playing together. Um, so I think, I think that's going to be the, the, my main pick uh, for game I wish I played. It's mine too, Dan. Okay, so that's easy. An easy consensus, Corey. You, I'm sure you're on board with that. Definitely, I it would have been on my list if I didn't play it. Okay, so yeah, the game we wish we played for 2021 thummies is It Takes Two. That was nice and easy. Uh, I should also say it is one I will play at some point. Sweet. Number 17, Best Indie Game. This award goes out to the best game that was developed outside the AAA game industry. Uh, Will, I'll start with you. So counter to what I just said with Game I Wish I Played, um, I have two on here that I haven't played, but have been highly, highly acclaimed this year. Um, I have others as well, but Eastward and Kina, Bridge of Spirits, are the two that I have on there that I haven't played, but people have spoke glowingly about. And then Loop Hero is another one. And then we got Valheim, Dust Door, and Chivalry 2. Okay. Corey? Did you say Nobody Saves the World? That's 2022. Oh, that didn't come out last year? January 18th, I think, of this year. (laughs) Okay. I caught a Um, sleeper hit earlier this year, didn't I? Yeah, you did. (laughs) I don't know. The the only ones I can I really have are games we've already talked about, but Wildermyth and Loop Hero um, are probably... I mean, It Takes Two would be my pick, but that's EA. EA Originals, but EA. Uh, Is Hazelight owned by EA? Do we know? I don't know. Um, only because I've been getting a little bit looser with including independent games that I've been... 
like purchased by or not purchased but like getting a little fun like sony with kina bridge of spirits like that's ember labs is independent developer but sony bought in to having that so which is why i have it so if hazelite's a similar thing technically yeah i i kind of still count it yeah i i try not to i don't know it's it's the spirit of the indie game to me has means no involvement from a major studio yeah um but yeah, I, I know we interpret these awards a little bit differently, but yeah, I uh, I'm gonna go with just Wildermyth or um, Loop Hero. The only one I have on my list is Eastward. I I believe it's the only indie game I played uh, at all this year, which is unfortunate because there was a lot of good ones. But that's that's the only one I have, which I don't feel too strongly about. It was it was good, but I don't know if it was best indie good, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the. It was. It, it's. It's a good game, but I don't think of it as like award worthy. Right, indie best game, indie. Right, you know? correct. Right. Will did I cover you? I covered you, right? Yeah. yeah, I. I feel fairly strongly about Chivalry Two or Death's Door. Um, have I talked about Death's Door? Like, I think so. What it even really is about. about. Yeah, so basically the gist of it is you play as a crow, uh, and they're considered reapers, and what they do is they are contractually obligated to go rape some souls uh, in this game world. Um, I don't want to talk about it too, too much, like, story-wise, because I think the story does a really good job about, like... You know how we talk about Spirit Fair with uh, death and how people, like, like that game because it kind of handles death uh, in a really... Uh, interesting way um death's door does this a little bit but more in a cutesy way versus like more of a uh, a poignant way um and i really like how it handles that and it has like it, it gets into like killing these evil creatures and then at the end when you kill each of these big creatures that are part of the story you have like a, a funeral for them um and it's a really cool moment to hear how uh, some of the characters talk about how, like, these are just people, too, that have been gone down, like, a dark path sort of thing. And I always like that stuff and how they do it. Um, and the combat's awesome. It's like a, a Zelda, um, uh, old-school Zelda game. Um, you know, you got the over-the-top view, and you're doing, you know, combat like um, Link's Awakening and stuff like that, um, which I really like. And you have different abilities to fight these things with like flames uh, a hook shot arrows all that stuff and a sword you get different weapons uh all that stuff and i'm a sucker for an experience that's not 40 hours like this game i think maybe 12 hours is what i put because i did a bunch of side stuff too um yeah and this is uh made by the developer that did titan souls which i think oh, you okay. both played or yeah. at least know about so um it's a lot different and I'm a huge fan of Death Store. I think it's a, a very good game. I think it's one of the best indies that came out last year. I would have that definitely. Um, in, in my personal, as I said, top two. It's either one or two. I don't know. So, um, And I've talked about Chivalry at length. So, mm. Dan? I got nothing. <laughs> Which one do you feel most strongly about, Will? If you were able to pick. Pick pick one out of yours. Um <clears throat> I mean I think Acid Nerves is a smaller studio than Torn Banner Studios, so I th think <clears throat> I would give it 
mine to desk door just because it's a smaller studio who is doing a game that's totally different from the last one because torn banner did chivalry one you know so like it's sequeled um they kind of worked some kinks out but this is the first attempt for acid nerve to make a game like death store because before they just did a boss rush game so and the bosses here are fantastic that part holds but i think the writing was really well done um the combat overall was pretty well done so um yeah, I would give it to Destor if I had to pick one of the two. Uh-huh. Corey, which which is your top out of your two? Probably. I don't know. I, I think like Loop Hero definitely shows the indiness in at least in terms of creativity and gameplay. Like, probably gets it a little bit further ahead than Wildermyth. But I really don't feel strongly about either of them for the sake of this award. So I'm good deferring to Will's Death Store pick. Okay. Um, yeah, if he's if he's happy with it. Death oh, Store? Yeah, because there's, there's no crossover, right, between <clears throat> these games that we no. all played. I don't think so. I do think you both would really like Death Store if you played it. Yeah, it sounds like a game I'd enjoy. All right, so the 2021 Thummy for Best Indie Game goes to Death's Door. All right, next category is the Best Ambassador Game. Uh, this award's a bit open to interpretation. Um, so, Corey, I'll start with you. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I think I have to go with It Takes Two here. Um I know this is this is an award we often talk about the rules of the award and which game which game should qualify and I feel like this one we we argue about too which we is do. kind of surprising because kind of it's, it's, that should be the opposite for this award right it should be a, a category we come together on and move forward as a team and you know as ambassador category but yeah we always end up arguing a little bit but for me it's it takes two um because it does a lot of unique things that I think speak to a greater audience. Um, we talked a little bit about it in the last episode about the relationship uh, aspect of the game, both metaphorically and literally. Um, so it's really good to play with a significant other. Um, but also it's it's also just a really good video game and shows where we're at in games in that it's... Um, switching genres like on the fly which is really fun especially for people who have played a ton of games and have a good working knowledge of all the different genres and how they work together um or i'm sorry how each genre plays out separately from one another um so for that reason i think it scratches the itch of being a really just great video game and also appealing to a broader audience so for that reason that it's my ambassador game yeah in the in the past i've taken the approach to this this award as what what is gaming in 2021 like what is a snapshot that you could present to people uh not just necessarily a game that will bring other people into gaming but what 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 is gaming in 2021 yes Uh, so i think a lot that that's caused some arguments um but again i didn't play anything like that this year uh although i think i think 
like you said, Corey, uh, it takes two probably kind of covers both of those categories, right? Yeah. So, uh, Will, what do you got? Honestly, so this is the first year that I had nothing in there because I looked at all the games that I played. And how I look at it generally is like ambassador game. It's something that you can show somebody that even they can take something out of. It can be a great story. It can be like a beautiful art style with compelling gameplay to get people into that. And everything that I played this year, and this isn't to bash these games because I think they're all incredible games that I play, especially the ones in my top five. But I just looked at them and I was like, man, like, can somebody get something out of this? Especially for my game of the year. I was like, no, definitely not. <laughs> so um, I like the It Takes Two pick because I did not play that. So I don't have the context for that game and what that means playing with somebody. So I like that pick for Best Ambassador game, and I feel like that fits what you both are saying, how you look at it, and how I look at it, too. Yeah, and and just because you guys said your logic, my logic is usually, you know, it's similar to what Dan said, like, this is the game I would present to aliens, right, if they had no idea what video games were, just to kind of show, like, a good example of, like, what gaming is where it's at currently but you know making sure it's a uh, sanitized game for a broader audience so it, it is both and for me this game really works well um for that yeah works for me so the yeah. 2021 thummy for best ambassador game goes to it takes two takes all right two, baby uh Next on the list is Best Moment. This award goes to a game that had an amazing moment, or several. Will, we'll start with you. What do you got? Yeah, so I have five. My first one is booting up Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. I'm a huge Generation 4 fan of Pokemon. I've been waiting for these remakes for ever. I was couldn't be happier when I booted it up for the first time and saw that intro screen. So I have that one in there. The 3v3 mode in Chivalry 2. Um, this is where me and my friends get pretty toxic, and we've had some <laughs> some really fun fights with people. And, like, we get mad when we are, like, not doing well. And, like, just... <laughs> it's so much fun. Uh, if you've played Chivalry and you've played 3v3 with friends and you're doing, like, dual... Like, so how it's structured is each person usually squares up with another person. Very rarely do others, like, gank each other. So it's, like, honorable... And then, like, if, say there's one person left on the other team, and me, Evan, and Dakota are left, like, we, two of us will stand back and let the 1v1 happen and give the guy a chance to win. Um, but when they don't stick to that that um, that policy, it gets, <laughs> the amount of fighting that we end up having is a lot of, a lot of fun. So I, th- I think very highly of that mode. Uh, my next one is the Anton Castillo intro for Far Cry 6's villain. Um, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, but it's a really cool monologue that he goes on when he gets introduced as the main bad guy and how everything lines up to how you meet him is really cool. Um, I think he was a very, very good villain. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of that moment. Um, the deaths of Thane and Morden in Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, I'm not much of a crier, but I got a little misty, especially with Thane's death, because, man, they did him dirty in Mass Effect 3. Um mm. 
Because at least Morden died, you know, curing the genophage, but Thane died saving the council, which is not as cool, in my opinion, because the council kind of sucks through most of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that moment where his son Kolia is reading from uh, their, I don't know, their, like, Bible, uh, and Thane passes and Shepard comments on it, and Kolia goes, oh, that prayer wasn't for him, it was for you. Like, that moment is so powerful. Yeah. And the Mass Effect trilogy is just loaded with moments like that. Um, I, playing through them, I was like, oh my god, I remember this, I remember that. Amazing. Amazing game. And my last one is Dartmoor Manor, Berlin, and Mendoza, and Hitman 3. Those maps are literally incredible. I talked about Dartmoor Manor and Berlin and the other one, but the Mendoza map is basically you're in a a winery in Argentina. And it's just like a, a huge party is going on. It's <laughs> I wish you both played Hitman because that game's hilarious in a silly like it's so silly, but it's so much fun. And I like the sandbox world that they put you in and go, hey, figure it out. They have the objectives for you to like kind of progress naturally if you want, but you can just go off the wall and do literally whatever you want to solve this. So um, those three maps are some pretty amazing maps in Hitman, and it's not to uh, say the other ones aren't like Dubai or China, but those three maps were definitely the, the standouts for me. So. Very nice. Alright, Corey. Best moment. Best moment for me, there's really only one that stands out, and I talked a little bit about it in the last part, part one, but it's in. it takes two, again, um, one of the hardest most difficult moments I've ever had in a video game is when you're ripping to shreds Cutie the Elephant uh, with with your significant other. Um, <laughs> and I was actually, re- like, I did a little bit of Googling um, to figure out, you know, if there was, like, what the artist's reason for that, or artist's vision for that whole sequence was. Um, and all I found was an article about someone questioning the whole purpose of the scene. Like, why was that necessary? And it is, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but um, I think it's okay to talk about now because it doesn't really spoil the story of the game. It's just a big moment, a moment in the game. Yeah. But yeah, you're, basically all you're doing is you finally catch up with Cutie the Elephant, which is your daughter's stuffed animal. And your, whole, your, your goal is to get, is to kill Cutie the Elephant <laughs> to get your daughter to cry so that you turn back into normal humans. Aww pretty horrible on its own but when you finally catch cutie the elephant you're dragging it to push it off like a bookshelf or something and it's like crying and like being like why are you doing this to me and you're rapidly tapping the y button like ripping this thing apart it's it's limbs come off while you're doing it and it's still just like crying Uh... and then you finally like push it off over the edge and it like doesn't even really die and it's just like i kind of agree with this article i'm like what was the purpose of that and I'm hoping, like, when I, if I ever beat the game, if my Xbox will let me, I'm hoping it will tie back to that somehow and there's a lesson to be learned or something from that. But um, to me, it was just like, wow, like, we're, we're selfish, I guess. It was my takeaway. Um, but just the way, like, my, my wife was just like, this is horrible. And I'm <laughs> laughing my ass off. Like, this is crazy. This is one of the most painful things i've ever had to do but i'm enjoying it and it's so funny um so yeah it's it's cutie the uh killing cutie the elephant and it takes two is definitely my choice wow 
I, I'm speechless. Yeah, it, me too. It, it's bizarre. I don't have any best moments, so. I kind of like Cutie the Elephant as best moment. because It's got to be. Yeah, like, Dan, could you imagine your daughter having a stuffed animal and you ripping it to shreds? Not to make her cry. Just to no. get her to cry. No, <laughs> no, I cannot. Like, holy crap. That's right. definitely yep. I, that's best moment worthy. It's 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 settled. So this award, uh, oh, twenty twenty one Thummy for best moment goes to it takes two for killing killing cutie, cutie the elephant. Killing cutie the elephant <laughs> it takes two. I'm writing these down this time. All right, the old standby. This award goes to a game that came out any year that we just keep on playing. Uh, I've got two that I just keep on playing, and those are Fortnite and Stardew Valley. Um, I don't need to talk about them. I've talked about them plenty. So uh, there's still two games I play regularly, obviously. So, Will, what do you got? Uh, I've got four Age of Empires, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and Hollow Knight. Um, I pretty much went on a platinum spree and platinumed most of the major Far Cry games. I did three, four, five, and six this year or past year. Uh, I played Origins and platinumed it and platinumed Odyssey uh, and was working on Valhalla. Been working on trying to platinum Hollow Knight, but I just am having a hard time beating those last uh, pantheons. And Age of Empires is a game that I play with friends all of the time. So uh, those are the four standbys that I have. Okay, Corey? Um, Rocket League. Actually, I won the Diamond Tournament last, the Midnight Tournament last night oh, with hey. my team. Nice. Which was Congrats. nice. I haven't, I haven't won this season yet. I think I've won at least once every season. So um, I pretty much, I mean, I don't like that I stay up till midnight every night. Or <laughs> last night I was up till, I think the tournament ended at like quarter after one. Um I don't like that I have that like thing I want to do every night because it keeps me up a lot later than I should be up. But um, yeah, Rocket League, and and I'm pretty much just playing tournaments now. I don't know. I just find that the most fun. I do enjoy the breaks in between games, um, which I know most people don't like having to wait to play another one. But um, that's really the only way I play Rocket League anymore is just those those tournaments. Uh, but then Dan, I really liked your Stardew Valley pick because I played the beach farm playthrough this past year um and that's the furthest the most i've ever played stardew valley even my original playthrough i didn't get as far as i got in this beach playthrough so um yeah i mean that as we talked about that is arguably top five greatest game of all time so um hard not to have stardew valley on the list yeah all right what are our thoughts what do we feel strongly about I think if I'm picking between the, those two, for me, I'll go Stardew Valley over Rocket League. It's also easier for me to do that without Eric here. Sure. Um, <laughs> I like the Stardew pick. Stardew? Yeah. Okay. I, I and I honestly don't think it's a game I'm ever going to like really stop playing. I'm always going to probably be in some capacity playing Stardew Valley, you know? Except um, when you're playing Haunted Chocolatier. Right, right. I mean, I'm looking forward to that, but... Uh, like in all my playthroughs that I've done so far too, I've never done the Joja Mart, uh, the Joja Mart r- route. So I keep I I need to go in and and make a conscious effort to, uh, do the Joja Mart 
and also not marry Abigail. I've got to I've got to pick someone else one of these times. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but I don't know if you saw about the controversy with uh, Philip DeFranco. Oh, no, he he started playing Stardew Valley and he went he, he went the Joja Mart route uh, first time through. He would. And <laughs> he I mean, it, it was troll. I don't I don't know if he was trolling or not. He might have been, but it, it was it was like not a controversy controversy, but right. His fans were giving him a hard time. Um but it was, and that's, that was, that's happened recently. Like that. So Stardew Valley is still also very relevant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just released them on game pass. So more people are going to be like, Oh, this game, let's check it out. Yeah. It's so good. Anyone that hasn't played it should. It's for me, Dan, it's, it's like Fortnite in that. I don't, I don't start playing it because I won't stop. Yeah. Just one more day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, ah, I can get to the end of this season. Month. <laughs> All right. So uh, we we decided to nix the most shocking podcast development, right? We don't have anything for that. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't. So that leads us to 2021 Game of the Year. This award goes to the best game of 2021. It's also, incidentally, number 21 category so let's hear your game of the weird game of the year picks we'll start with you will so i have this one in actual sequential order so my number five is chivalry 2 my number four is mass effect the legendary edition my number three is returnal my number two is ratchet and clank rift apart and my number one is hitman 3 hitman 3 Hitman 3, it is a tragedy what they did to this game for the uh, the Game Awards because I've known that this game was going to be my game of the year for probably half the year at this point. Um, it's just... Stealth games usually for a lot of people are a big pain in the butt to play uh, and a lot of times it doesn't work well and people don't like to do it. But... Playing through the Dubai mission, I bought this game on a whim, too. It was early. It was January last year. I was barely working. It got good reviews. I was like, you know, I'll just buy it, even though I didn't really like Hitman 2016. And I got sucked into this game in such a way that I could not stop playing it. And I beat it probably in like two days because it's all I played. Um, The map designs are incredible in this. I've talked about that already, like, with all of them. But they are just so intricately woven. And there's so many side stories that go on within these worlds. Like, again, the Dartmoor Manor one. You're trying to figure out who or who killed or if the suicide of the person of the house was the suicide or got killed. You're posing as a private investigator to kill another woman in the house. And then you kind of unravel this whole family conspiracy. And it's just so well, like well, well written, and how you can go about doing it. Um, I, you know, I talked about the Berlin one with the other ICA agents. It's, it's just so awesome. The more you level up and do these missions, the more different equipment you can bring into these levels. Um, I just uh, Agent Forty Seven also is a really good character, and I also really love when you're doing these missions and you hear um, the person who's communicating with you. It's like, all right, Agent Forty Seven, be careful around this one. Like you're being kind of like 
you know, guided along by the the person talking to you. Like, I really love that as well and the interactions. The story is nonsensical. I don't have any idea what the story is about, but I don't really care because what I like about it is just the <laughs> own stories that pop up in these different worlds. Like, I killed a woman in that winery mission by putting her in um, the, like, grape squisher. Like that big machine that comes down and squ- like like comes down and crushes them. Like I killed a woman in that just by having leading her in there and turning it on. Like it was just <laughs> the way that you can kill people is so cool in this. Um, and again, this game got done done really dirty. I don't even think it was up for anything for the Game Awards, which is crazy because I look at all the other games like I. I like it takes two, I agree. Could is definitely game of the war, game of the year category, but like Deathloop over Hitman, are you kidding me? So I just, I don't know. I feel like this game was a product of a a less popular franchise and b coming out in January of twenty twenty one. Yeah, the re- mm-hmm. recency bias I think is is definitely present in in those type of award shows. Yep, yep. I'm not alone though because I've been seeing a lot of people saying like beating that drum. Like I cannot believe that game got forgotten about. And plus, like if you pre-ordered, I think it's pre-ordered. You got all of the maps from 2016 and 2018's games. So like you get, I can't even tell you how many hours. It's like 15 maps worth of game, and they're all like intricately woven like they're all pretty important like people there are some maps that people don't like but like you get sapienza which is like one of the most like popular maps you get the miami map like yeah no i I think uh i think hitman 3 was an incredible game and it's a shame that uh it gets kind of got forgotten about very nice Corey. game of the year yeah i wish i I wish I was more in tune with the Hitman franchise. I do like the one Hitman that I played. I can't even tell you which one it was, but maybe came out like seven years ago. <laughs> I have no idea. Absolution? Um, maybe. Were you in Were you in like Brazil or something like that? I think so. Was it more of like a shooter? I don't remember shooting anything. Maybe it was 2016's version then. I remember the- like going through a big busy plaza square and like going up into hotel rooms and doing stuff while this could festival was going on or something it could be uh when they rebooted the franchise that could be because i know i know eric played the the reboot okay because i remember he he really liked it um i don't feel really strongly about any games from 2021 I, i think i said to you guys at the start that you know kind of not a great year for games from 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 my perspective um i will say the only two games i think are worthy of discussion for me are mass effect and halo uh but beyond that i would have a hard time really defending any games um but i don't think there's anything i haven't said about either of those games that i want to say now other than uh they're really awesome games i think i think mass effect has the benefit of many years worth of bug fixing (laughs) and updates and polish and all that. Uh, So I think Mass Effect is the better package overall. Um, But Halo does some really great things that still make it competitive in that regard. So I would be good with either of those. Um, I would also be good with neither of them, you know, if if you guys have a game you feel strongly about. So I'll shut up now, but um, that's where I'm at. The only game I have on my list that I felt I could 
put forward as game of the year material is is Halo Infinite. Uh, that said, I don't feel too awfully strongly about it. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a little bit of recency bias there, but I didn't I didn't play anything really last year that that blew me away. Um, outside of being being impressed with with Halo Infinite, so. Um, but again, that said, I, I don't feel strongly about that. I probably would have had Mass Effect on my list uh, if I had played it last year. Um, I started playing it this year, so I, I'm not going to count that. Um, definitely don't feel as strongly as Will probably does about Halo, Halo or Hitman Three, rather. So, I mean, I feel very strongly that, about Hitman Three being the best game of the year, but I'm also not opposed to like. So the only reason Halo wasn't in my top five was because Chivalry Two was so fun with my friends. Um, like I don't play that game alone, whereas like I I do play Halo by myself. Um, so there's a little bit of a like a bias baked into Chivalry Two being in my top five. Otherwise, it was gonna be Halo. You um, you also did... have Mass Effect on your list, though. I feel weird giving Mass Effect Game of the Year after we have given it Game of the Year multiple times throughout the years of the podcast like we get i'm pretty sure we had a fight over mass effect 3 being game of the year for the year that it came out if we did the podcast during mass effect 2 i bet we would have given that game of the year i just feel weird about giving decade old games game of the year for a remaster sure um i wanted to give it its due because yeah i mean honestly it is one of the best games to come out this year which (laughs) says a lot but um, I don't want to give it Game of the Year because I do think games like Chivalry, Halo Infinite, Return All, Ratchet and Clank, Hitman 3 did come out this year. I think they apply a little bit more towards the 2021 Game of the Year. Um, I yeah. agree generally with that sentiment. I will say, though, that if I'm going to make an exception for any game or series, Mass Effect is the one that I would do it for. I agree. Um, and also the experience of playing those games back to back to back is really unique and special and I think is is its own experience separate from the original releases. Um, so for that reason, I'm still okay including on the list, but I do generally agree with what you're saying. It, it's it's if anything, that just knocks it back a peg for me. Um, yeah, it's just is that knocking it back enough pegs to disqualify it in relation to the other games i don't know yeah so i agree like as you said that if you can give a game if you're gonna like kind of bend that for a game it would be the mass effect trilogy but we have had like in regards to the back to back to back we've had eight years nine years to be able to do that since mass effect 3 came out so like i don't it's not a new phenomenon that we're able to do that i just think it's because we had so much distance between playing it and then they made it so easy for us to be able to just effortlessly play back Ooh, to back yeah. to back. Um, but that's not like a new um, thing added in. Yeah, I just think the ease of it makes it makes it more easier for us to do that. Yeah. Um, so that's the only reason why I would not count it. But again, like I'm not I'm not gonna be like mad if we want to pick Mass Effect. Where do you land on that, Dan? Um... Mass Effect being not really a a new game, you know. How, how do you land? Yeah, um, I'm okay with it. If if that's what we want to pick this year, uh, it, it is Mass Effect. It is legendary. Uh, it, you know, I, I'm okay with it if if that's what we decide decide to do. Um, 
Well, I'm yeah. struggling because for me, for Halo, a lot of what my love for Halo is the potential, you know, because if if they released the um, was the campaign even released in 2021? Yeah, December. In December. At the end of December, because no, I know multiplayer came the out. The eighth, I think. Yeah. So multiplayer was like early November. Yeah, it was, it was a month. Okay. Um, but anyway, there's still no uh, multiplayer campaign, campaign, right? Which I think would be maybe the best part of that game. Yeah. Um, we talked about the potential for a battle royale, which I think would be awesome in that game. Um, the forge, you know, that's missing. Uh, the multiplayer game modes were pretty light last year. You know, there was a lot of questions surrounding that. Um, but the the canvas on which Halo Infinite yeah. was built was that so goes, compelling. That goes back to what Will was saying: is oh, this game will be better in a couple months. You know, he was yeah. I thought you talked about a lot about gonna... that earlier. So, so, so that's why I'm struggling because if 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 I knock Halo for that, does that make Mass Effect the better game? But then what, I also agree with what Will's saying. So. They both have these huge caveats that I don't know if they can overcome. So, Hitman Three doesn't have any caveats. Well, that, <laughs> I think that I also didn't play it. That's 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 kind of what we're saying, though. You know, I know Th- so there's it, there's it, no there's no qualifications with with Hitman is is what right. we're saying. You don't have but I also qualify. know Eric. If Eric was here, Eric would be fighting for Halo. Yeah, probably. You think? Yeah, I think he, he said... liked Halo. When when he said he wasn't going to be on, he said that he had two games he would talk about, and it would be Halo and what was the other one? Fortnite. Halo and Fortnite. He said that's all he has to talk about. So I think it was Fortnite. I thought it was a game that came out might have been last year. But maybe not. Um, we should <laughs> we should text him right now if he uh, this could blow up in our face because I don't know how long it'll take him. Say, Eric, game of the year pick Hitman Three, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, or Halo Infinite. Pick Halo. It's a no-brainer. We yeah. don't even need to text him. I will say he is a he is a Hitman fan, but he didn't play it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not worth being Game of the Year. It. I mean, it's hard for me to be willing to call anything Game of the Year that I didn't play. I know. Has it happened where we picked a game that? Oh yeah. At least I haven't played. Well, yeah, for sure. I know it's happened with me at least. Like I didn't play Celeste, but that I was like, yeah, pick that game of the year. Can't think of one, but I, yeah, I mean, I I'm good. If you feel that strongly about Hitman, will I will I'll concede and for for all the points that I already laid out, you know, it's the the promise of of what Halo could be. Uh, still good on its own, but game of the year. Mm. it's yeah. tough to give it that title it really yeah, is see, I, and that's how i feel about it too like it's it's me picking halo as my game of the year is more a symptom of the lack of games that i other games that i played you know it it was good it it exceeded my expectations definitely uh but my expectations were fairly low so you got and you got to think of the company it's going to keep with all of the awards we've given out over the years like does it really hold up with all those other games and i mean did 
when you say Halo, it's like, oh well, yeah, definitely it does. But did we did we play Halo Infinite with the same fervor we played some of the other games that we've given awards to, like Celeste, like even like a game like Life is Strange, which in a different way was was very engaging. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other awards, the games we've given awards to, uh, Bioshock Infinite three. I mean, you know, I don't yeah. think it, I don't think it holds up with those games. I really don't. Um, does does Mass Effect Legendary Edition? Yes, but Will's point <laughs> is very valid. It's, right. It wasn't really released this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I'm, original I'm, original Mass Effect was 2007. So you're talking almost 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm laughing at the idea because I want to keep having the discussion here, but the inevitability of us giving Legendary Edition the game of the year for this year. Because I, I think that, I don't know I that it's that... inevitable. I think I think it's up to you, really, Will, to decide whether you think it should be. Well, because Dan didn't even Dan. You said you would pick Mass Effect if you had played it. I would have had it on my list at least. Assuming you enjoyed it as much as me and Will. Yeah. Um. So, Will, I think it's really up to you to decide whether Hitman is worthy. <sighs> Like I, re- I, I, like I really do. Like I mean, they supported the game all year. Like there's been 11 months of content that's been coming out for it. So like we keep getting updates. Like the maps. Like nobody speaks negatively <clears throat> about any of the maps that are in there. Um, I mean it just came out on Steam. People are mad about the pricing for that. So like it's on everything now. I don't know. I I just think that there's been no better gameplay experience from a game that released in 2021 than Hitman 3. Um, I think it's a total package, which is everything we look for. Um, It's a game that you can play as much as you want or as little as you want and get something out of, which I think is important um, because you could spend 50. Again, I've recently for my trend of game of the years has been shorter experiences for the most part. Um, which is kind of a bias. I do I do agree with that. But like if you look Ratchet and Clank, you could beat that in a day. Returnal, that one's complicated. Chivalry 2, like you can play as much of that one as you want or as little as you want from that one. And Hitman 3 is the th- same thing. You get as much depth out of it as you want. So like if somebody plays it and plays it on the surface level, like I still think you get something out of. But if you want to dive deep into how you want to plan out your routes and stuff like that, yeah, like I think you can get even more out of the game and i think that's a testament to like what io interactive was able to make um they've really were able to perfect their formula uh, over the last couple of years to really put out the in my opinion the best hitman game that's ever come out however i agree with what you both say on halo infinite even though i would also be okay with giving that game of the year too because i think it does a lot of things right as well um i'm not in that camp that this is the worst game to ever be put out like reddit is um i think they're being a little over dramatic and i'm also okay with mass effect legendary edition because i mean i think if there's very few franchises as you said Corey, that we would be willing to give game of the year too on the year that it didn't even come out um and mass effect is like one of those ones um i would say like maybe a bioshock would be another one that we might do that for but um yeah so like i feel strongly that should be hitman 3 but i'm also not opposed i'm really like sitting on the fence here but i'm also not opposed for the other two that we just talked about like this isn't an Assassin's Creed Odyssey where I'm pounding the table saying you guys are wrong, like for not giving this game of the year. Sure, you know 
we should maybe use this too as an opportunity. I don't think we added this disclaimer in the first part, but um, the way we've always done our awards is just because we didn't play it doesn't mean it's not worthy for discussion. We try to mimic like a normal conversation between gamers. And if we didn't have the system to play the game on, then that just means the person who did have the system and did have the game has to argue for it a little bit more uh, to try to convince us that it's worthy. Um, which is what Will is doing right now with like, Hitman, Dan and correct. I didn't play it. So, like when I'm doing the rave mission in Bur for Berlin and Hitman Three, and I'm dropping like speakers on top of the ICA agents to kill them, like that's just a really cool moment. And like when you're doing the Dartmoor Manor mission, and at the end you solve the murder mystery, and the woman you're trying to kill realizes that you're there to actually kill her, and you still help her solve who killed the brother. Like, that's a really cool moment when you're sitting at the table hearing this interaction come out, and then she lets you kill her. Like, that's a really cool thing. But also, you can just kill her with a sniper rifle from afar, and she has no idea, and you don't even have to do the mission. Like, it's just really cool moments like that in Hitman, why I always I, I think so fondly of it. And also, like, I will admit, I think the game got did really dirty by the Game Awards, and that's also another reason why I feel probably a little bit more passionate about doing it, because, like... In my head, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm giving it its due. Because it wasn't deserved that it got shafted from that. Um, yeah, I just... I I think... I, th I think it's w one of the most solid experiences. Because like, even when you look at other games on my list, like Returnal, like, that had some issues. Ratchet & Clank, some people didn't like it because it was too short. I mean, you know? So, like, I think that this is one of those foolproof games that... Uh, you know, is worthy of Game of the Year. But again, so is Halo, and so is Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So, meh. is there is there precedent here for for this type of conversation? Where I'm trying to think of other games where we've given the award by settling. We've done that. We did a few that for times. Celeste, yeah. So, but I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. So Celeste is a good example, but we were all kind of happy with Celeste being the pick. Yeah. We all had played Celeste. But I'm trying to remember what other games people were pushing for and why they were shot down. Was it because the other people had also played those games and didn't like them, or well, we they did just a point. Didn't play them. We did a point system. Oh, that's right. We were doing for, the point system then for a no, while. What, but I, I think I it was a tie, I, and we had to decide. Was that was that the case for Celeste, or was that was Celeste the first year we actually had to argue about it? Because it was between two two people had one game, two people had another game. But we all had Celeste fairly high on our list, and that's why we ultimately decided. Well, was it was Smash Brothers, and what was the other one? Right? So what happened was Red Dead, Red Smash Dead. Brothers, Celeste. I had Odyssey as number one, so I ranked higher. And I think me, I might have been the only one, but I said that I wasn't leaving that studio if we gave Red Dead Game of the Year because I fell asleep playing that game and thought that's it was right. boring. That's right. All right. So so in that example, yeah, somebody had played one of the other games in consideration and didn't like it. I think that's a good reason to to disqualify an award. But in this case, Dan and I haven't played Hitman. We don't have an opinion that we don't like it. It's hard to disqualify a game that someone feels passionate about for game of the year. Dan and I have also kind of qualified our love of Halo, right? Will and I have qualified our love of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I don't know. It sounded more and more like it's going to be Hitman to me. But... I, I think that's fair. Like, I feel, I really feel like if I had played other things, that that Halo wouldn't have been it. 
You know, I, I yeah. did play other things. It's just not stuff that came out this year. You know, I spent a lot of time this year playing Stardew Valley and, and Fortnite and uh, Breath of the Wild again. Like, that. that's mostly what I played. And Halo Infinite has the recency bias, as, as we've talked about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, it was just a light year for me playing new games last year. So that's ultimately why I picked Halo Infinite. Nothing else that I played earlier in the year really stuck out to me. Um, in the game of the year conversation, anyway. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. The uh, the games I really played and loved and, you know, would consider game of the year type games didn't come out this year. So. Yeah, same. So, I well, I guess we're ultimately saying if, if you say yes, we will go with Hitman 3, right? Eh, let's go Mass Effect. There's also <laughs> that. I I mean, I in my younger years, I would have been like, yeah, but I also don't want uh, it to not be representative of you two. But it is. It is. Like, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying by throwing out that disclaimer, you know, like, that's how we do our awards. It's, it's, it's conversational. It's it, there's it's not objective right we're not objectively trying to pick the best game of the year we're trying to pick the game that we subjectively feel is the best game of the year and basically dan and i are just saying we didn't really play a game that we feel is worthy of that but if you did then let's go with it yeah you also played the most games this year will by a wide margin so true I, I think your your it, what you your say has a lot has a lot more weight than than mine does for sure. Yeah, like I will say, like pretty early on, I was like, oh man, Hitman Three is going to be a contender for Game of the Year. And then once we got into the fall, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, Hitman Three is going to definitely be my Game of the Year. I like I've decided, like I've known that it was probably going to be for a while. Um, and I actually was not very quiet about it too. Usually I try to keep it a little bit more of a secret, but like you guys are a little bit different because we didn't record very, very much. But if we were recording the entire time, I would have made it clear that Hitman three was definitely my leader for game of the year yeah. for a while. Um, I've been telling my friends that, that I was going to pick that too. Uh -huh. So uh, yeah, like I said, I, I do think out of all the games that came out this year, I do think it is the, the best game and weirdly forgotten about and i don't know why i think it's because stealth games sometimes just like people avoid that and i think that might be the only reason yeah stealth if done poorly is not good early 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 uh i wouldn't say even say early assassin's creed middle assassin's creed the stealth was terrible yeah it still can be like terrible yeah ubisoft's it, it, been doing these forever it's not it's not as important in the newer ones because you have a, a better combat system yeah. You know, in the past, if you got caught on stuff, it was just hold down the parry button until they attacked and 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 counterattack. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, Hitman Three is on Game Pass now, so. If your Xbox can handle it, Corey. Yeah. Right. Probably not. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, do right. we have do we have an agreement? Hitman Three. Corey, in favor. Yeah. I'm good with it. I'm in favor. Will? Yeah. Let's go. All right. So the 2021 game of the year, Thummy, goes to Hitman 3. Uh, we're also setting a new precedent. So. Yeah, a game that only one person played. 
Yeah. One. Well, I can tell you for with a hundred percent certainty that I will absolutely have played more games this year than I played last year. Yeah. That's that's already kind of started, so last year now was kind can, of an off year. Now that you can ship the kids off to school. <laughs> I don't well, I still have one at home who requires right. a lot of attention. So I yeah. it's it's more like usually when I play video games it's it's cutting Night. into my sleep time. Yeah. Yep. Same. <laughs> All right, so that is all of our thummies. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Our next episode is going to be on Pokemon Legends Arceus. I think we're looking at probably recording a weeknight this upcoming week because uh, Eric has also bought and played Le- Pokemon Legends Arceus, and I believe weeknights are, are best for him. But um, So that's that's going to be our next episode. We're going to try to get that out at some point next week. Um, if not, it'll be the week after, but we would like to probably get it out i know i at least have played enough i don't know how you feel Corey. probably i'm in the the meyer Meyerlands now oh okay the second second area yeah okay i hate um, that i'm too poor to get this game yeah it's made it's made me sad it's just money he'll make more of it <laughs> so yeah, yeah you're right. uh stay tuned for that episode uh that'll do it for part two of the 2021 thummies uh i'm your host dan I'm Will. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement.